So friends, it is that time of year again, and no, I'm not talking about Halloween or even Thanksgiving. I'm talking about the ramp up to Christmas. You may have a pumpkin on your front porch and a Thanksgiving turkey in your freezer, but the retailers are gearing up for the holiday season. Have you been to any of the big box stores? Yeah, the Christmas stuff, it's out. There's already a dedicated aisle for Christmas decorations. And this last week, my husband and I were out of town, and when we came home, we found, I would guess, maybe 25 pounds of Christmas catalogs in our mail. Are y'all seeing the uptick in that? And the covers of these catalogs say things like, hurry, get ready for Christmas, and time to give, time to get, or just simply what to give and what to get. The word get is feature prominently in the front of all of these catalogs. Now, to be honest, you know, our culture is obsessed with getting all year round, but during the holidays it seems to go to another level. And I'll admit to you that as much as anyone, I can fall into the obsession with getting. Uh, I received a little lesson on that, a good one, a few years back. It was in another church. I was uh, helping out with a youth group on the Sunday after Christmas because the youth director needed a, a week off. And I decided it would be a good idea to do an icebreaker with the kids by just asking, you know, how was your Christmas? And then why don't you share, if you want to, what you got? So I said to the group, what'd you get? And hands went up all over the room. The kids were popcorning around, sharing what they got. And then one girl put up her hand and I said, yes, what did you get? And she said, I don't want to talk about that. And I said, okay, what would you like to talk about? And she said, I'd like to ask everybody what they gave. Mm. Friends, never let anybody tell you that you can't learn something profound from a young person. They have a lot to teach us. I stood convicted in that moment. She reminded me that the most important question at Christmas time and all the time is, what, is not what did you get. It's what did you give. Friends, a life focused on getting is a hollow one and a selfish one. It's ultimately a life built on sand, if you will. But a life focused on giving, well, that's a life that reflects the generous love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And thus, it is a life with a firm foundation. We are called to a life not of getting, but of giving. Now, when I talk about giving in this context, friends, I'm not just talking about money. Now, money's important, it is. And sometimes we have a hard time talking about money in the church. We really shouldn't, because Jesus talked about money a lot in Holy Scripture. But when we're talking about discipleship, we're talking about more than just giving of our financial resources. We're talking about giving of our whole self. And thanks be to God, we all have unique gifts to give, gifts that come from the Holy Spirit at our baptism because God and all of God's holy wisdom decided that each one of us will be given spiritual gifts for the upbuilding of the kingdom for the common good at our baptism. From the moment of our baptism, friends, we are equipped for a life of giving. Now, in our text this morning, the Apostle Paul lays out a list of spiritual gifts. Paul liked lists a lot. 
and he used them often in his writing. But it's important to remember that Paul's lists tend to be suggestive rather than exhaustive. In other words, we're not meant to comb through the Scripture and then slap a label on ourselves. Instead, this list is meant to be a launching point for our spiritual imagination, to open us to the possibilities, the wonderful, unique, multitude of gifts that God gives us and other people, all for the upbuilding of the kingdom, all to be offered for the common good. Paul is very clear that these gifts are not meant to be hoarded to ourselves, nor are they there just so that we can feel better about us or superior to other people. You may have heard it said that there are many folks who wish to serve God primarily in an advisory capacity. Paul would have none of that. He believed deeply that we are given these gifts and then we are to use them in a very concrete way to serve God, to express the love of Christ to our neighbor. All of us are given gifts and then we're asked to just turn around and give them away. And something else Paul emphasizes, I hope you noticed, no gift is more important than another. They're all equal. All gifts are uniquely given, and they're uniquely needed. My friends, I don't know why there are still so many people who want to hang on to the idea that only certain gifts are really needed and only particular people have them. That is just not true. I want to be as clear as I can with you this morning. Clergy are not the only people in the church with spiritual gifts. The church is not a community in which clergy do ministry and lay people watch. That's not church. No, all of us have gifts to give. They are unique. Friends, you have gifts to give, and they are truly needed. If you will be bold and offer them, you will find that your gift is the one that was needed exactly then, exactly in that way. Friends, if you don't offer your gifts, well, then the church won't be whole. It just won't be the same without you. In another church years ago, my husband and I had a, a friend, a woman, whose great gift was baking cakes. Now, hear me out on this. She made beautiful cakes, but they tasted really good, too. She was a very shy woman, very quiet a sort of background kind of person, didn't lot of, like a lot of attention on herself, but no matter. Her cakes spoke volumes. When you had a slice of one of her cakes, there was no question in your mind that you were loved. And she just had this God-given sense of when one of her cakes was needed. You could depend upon her to show up on your doorstep if you were celebrating a milestone or you were in the midst of great grief, there she would be with one of her beautiful and delicious cakes. There was a woman in that church, a good friend of ours, who lost a much-hoped-for baby just before the due date. She and her husband were just devastated. And when they came home from the hospital, she said, that for two days, 
she could eat nothing but one of those cakes. Everything else, she said, turned to dust in her mouth. But the cake was just the right gift at just the right time. My husband and I received a gift like that ourselves when we came to be with you. Just a few months after we arrived in 2019 at Thanksgiving time, you may remember this, my family went to Dallas to visit family. We were coming back to celebrate the first Sunday in Advent with you. When on the plane, my husband realized that he was really ill, and it turned out he had an appendicitis issue. So we landed, and he went from the airport to the hospital. It, it was a holiday weekend, so it was difficult to find a surgical team. They, they couldn't do the surgery until early the next morning. It was, it was scary, and it was a sort of a lonely time for us. All of our family was still back in Dallas, and they really couldn't make it to us in time for the surgery, so I sat there in the hospital and waited with my husband in the night. Word did get out to the church that he was having this surgery, and people prayed for us, and someone brought us a meal, which was so kind. But I tell you what, the gift that, that really touched our hearts came from wonderful Francis Baines. Do you all remember Francis? I hope you do. Francis just recently moved uh, to live near family, but she still watches on Sunday morning. So hi, Francis. I'm glad you're going to let me talk about you. At the time, Francis was the leader of our heart pillow ministry. And if you don't know about this ministry, you should. These are people who have the gift of sewing, and they can take little scraps of fabric and make these beautiful heart-shaped pillows, and I, I'm certain they pray over those as they make them. And they give those pillows to people who are ill or shut in or struggling in some way to express the love of Jesus, care for those people. Well, soon after we got back from the hospital, here comes Francis Baines with two heart pillows for us, one for me and one for my husband, Tripp. And the group made those pillows for us out of Texas Tech fabric, which was very appropriate because we are both Red Raiders. We still have those pillows. We love them. I don't know if I can put it into words for you, but we hadn't been here very long, and we didn't know very many people well, and we needed a sense of family and to know that we were cared for. And when we got those little pillows, they said it all and more. They were exactly the right gift at exactly the right time. My friends, what do you think would happen if in this church we intentionally nurtured a culture in which we all discern constantly our spiritual gifts and seek to offer them, and if we also tried all the time to see gifts in our neighbor and lifted those up and encouraged them to offer them too, what do you think would happen? Already there is so much good, so much blessing that this church pours forth into the world. Imagine what we could do if we were all committed to giving ourselves like that. The sky's the limit. The possibilities are endless. 
My friends, if you wish to know a life of wholeness and peace and happiness and fulfillment, then I urge you to offer your gifts for good and for God. A life of giving, not getting, is the way we find the wholeness in God that we seek. So whether your gift is praying powerful prayers or offering warm hugs or feeding somebody a hot meal or teaching Bible study or volunteering for VBS or teaching Sunday school or helping with lunch bunch as we serve our seniors a warm meal and offer them fellowship, working in the pumpkin patch, delivering flowers with our flower ministry, ushering on Sunday morning, singing in the choir, whatever it is. Oh, I pray you'll offer it. Because we need you, we really do. Has anyone ever really told you that? We do. We need you. And you're called to it by virtue of your baptism. You're called to offer your gifts by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. After all, he gave himself for all of us. And in love, he calls you to give yourself in return. Will you pray with me? Most loving God, we give you such great thanks for the multitude of spiritual gifts that you pour out to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, let us be good stewards of those gifts, offering them generously for the common good, for the upbuilding of your kingdom. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.